started here. May 2018. Come on, didn't the worship team do a great job? Haven't they been doing a great job all week long? Come on, let's give it up for them. Not only excellent, but anointed, and that's what's important. Excellent and anointed. So they did an amazing job. And uh, a shout out to all the singers, but, man, when Shelby Lynn, she, she sings, I'm just, I'm a mess. I was doing an ugly cry back there and an ugly cry right there. And I was like, I need to compose myself because I'm about to preach. I need some help. So, man, you guys do an awesome job. Yeah, Miss Crystal, she's always got my back. I'm her favorite son. Okay, Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 11, Amplified Bible. It says, he has made everything beautiful in him. He also has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. Notice what the Amplified says, a divinely implanted sense of purpose, working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God. Everybody say, but God. But God alone can satisfy But notice what it says. He has put a divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. So leading up to camp, I had two choices for a title of this message. Now something happened this morning, so I guess you know which title I'm going to go with. I had two titles. The first one was Made for More. (laughs) But someone this morning already took it. Now, we didn't talk ahead of time. So my other title that I was going to use, that I'm going to use now, was Made for Purpose. Made for Purpose. Everybody say Made Made. for Purpose. So we're going to talk about Made for Purpose tonight. Talk about what God wants to do in your life. It's interesting to know that everyone is looking for a purpose in life. Everyone is looking for the meaning of life. That is the most looked up question on Google is why am I here? What is my purpose? It's interesting, other than the Bible, the most well-bought book of all time, nonfiction, is a book by the name of The Purpose Driven Life. Because people, Christians, non-Christians, human beings are all looking for their purpose. They all want to know their purpose. They're searching after purpose. So they will read and they will look into books and knowledge to try to gain their purpose. And so we see that people are asking what is their purpose. Something I want to share with you real quick is the three questions people ask the most is where did I come from? Why am I here? And where am I going? Where did I come from? Why am I here? And where am I going? Now the reason you need to know this is because your answer affects all those questions. Are you here in this Presbyterian church tonight? Your answer affects all those questions. And so if you're taught today in school or in college or just if you listen to the news The answer to the question is, where you came from is you came from nowhere. And where are you going? Nowhere. So guess what happens in the middle? When someone says, what are you called to do? Why are you here? If you came from nothing and you're going to nothing, then your life is nothing. Now, people should be smarter than this to figure out the answer to this question, but they don't realize when you tell people that they were an accident when they were born and they're going nowhere, they're going to act like that. They're going to act like that because what you've told them and the way you've answered that question defines their purpose or lack thereof. And see that in the Bible, it answers that question. And I want to talk to you for a second about what the Apostle Paul had to say about that. Let's look at Acts 17, verse 24 and 28. Acts 17, verse 24 and 28. 
So this is uh, the Apostle Paul, and he's speaking to a group of people at Athens. And Athens was a very intellectual city. It was a city where the intellectual people of that day would come and debate about God, about life, about purpose. And so the Apostle Paul went there to debate religious people and intellectual people. And so this is what happened. The Apostle Paul, who was a very smart man, not just a spiritual man, but a smart man that knew several languages, was one of the most intelligent men of his day that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. So this is what happened. He went to the city in Athens, and there was all these gods to all the people that they thought they believed in. But there was one statue there that said, this is the statue to the unknown God. And so when he looked at the statue, he knew by the Holy Spirit what I need to preach on. And so he pointed to this statue, and he started to preach. And that's where we're going to pick up in Acts 17, 24 through 28 in the Passion Translation. He's talking to these people who don't know God. He said, the true God is the creator of all things. And he is the owner and Lord of the heavenly realm and the earthly realm. And he doesn't live in man-made temples. And he supplies life and breath and all things to every living being. And he doesn't lack a thing that we mortals could supply for him. For he has all things and everything he needs. From one man, Adam, he made every man and woman in every race of humanity, and he spread us all over the earth, and he set the boundaries of people and nations, determining their appointed times in his... Now, that's key. He has done this so that every person would long for God and feel their way to him and find him. I love this. For he is the God who is easy to discover. And it is through him that we live and function and have our identity. Just as our own poets have said, our lineage comes from him. So, so why are we reading this verse? Because he said that God put every human being on the face of the earth where they needed to be in the time they needed to be there. And it wasn't an accident. It was purpose. They were made on purpose for a purpose. It's not an accident. Why are you here in Underwood, Indiana in 2018? Did you make that decision? No, God made that decision. Got in agreement with it. Long before you were born, God knew you would be here. And he put you in 2018 on purpose. And he put you at this camp on purpose. And he... He gave you whatever color and race you are on purpose for a reason. And he put you on that school on purpose. And he put you on that college camp on purpose. And he put you at your church on purpose for a reason. And God did that, not us. Are you hearing me tonight? Because you're made on purpose for a purpose. And Paul says to these group of people, no, you aren't the guys who decided where you were born. Anybody decide when they were born? No, you didn't. You didn't decide where you were born. You didn't decide where you live. Other people made that decision for you, but ultimately God designed for us to live in this time, this generation, in this place, knowing these people on purpose. It's not an accident. It's not an accident. It's on purpose. God made us all on purpose. So if we answer the question, where did I come from? You say nothing. Where am I going? Nothing. Why am I here? Here for nothing. But that's not true. That's what the world wants you to think. You're here for nothing. And you realize when you tell people they're here for nothing, they act like it. They destroy their lives. They destroy themselves because they realize why am I even here anyways? It was an accident. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. But you got to realize you were made on purpose for purpose. You're not an accident that you were born. Even if your parents said you were an accident, you're not an accident. You're not. God knew you would be here. And he sent you here for a reason. For a purpose. 
whether your parents are in agreement or not, whether your parents are even in the picture. You are in this earth for a reason. And it's not an accident. It was the timing of God. It was the plan of God. It was the purpose of God. That's why it says in the Old Testament, before you were formed in your parents' womb, I knew you and called you and ordained you. And I knew you would be here because I have a purpose for you. Come on, are you getting anything tonight so far? So you're here on purpose for a purpose. Now let's look back at Ecclesiastes 11 and the Amplified Bible. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11. It says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He also has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. And He gave them a finely implanted sense of purpose, working through the ages which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. Notice God gave every person on the planet, believer or non-believer, all seven or eight billion people that are on this planet right now, he put a divinely, that means it's from God, implanted sense of purpose. That means they know there's more than what they're living for, whether they ever admit it or not. Whether they ever bring it up or not, they know it on the inside. They don't talk about it because they don't want to look like they're weak or like they don't have it going on. But when they get quiet at night, they remember that divinely implanted sense of purpose. They know that there's more than what they're living for. Because who put that there? God did. And when did he put that there? In Acts it says he put that divinely implanted sense of purpose so that you would seek after him. And you would look for him because you know he's what you're looking for. You can't even put it into words, but you know on the inside, he's the one you've been looking for all along. It's not the boyfriend. It's not the girlfriend. It's not the drugs. It's not the alcohol. It's not the career. It's not the good grades in school. It is a divinely implanted sense of purpose that you're looking for. And the real you knows it. The real you knows, and that's why it's looking and searching after God. Are you here tonight? And all those things are temporary fixes and temporary things to fill you up, but you're empty immediately. Just like what Pastor Kagan said this Why? Because that's not really what you're looking for. And the world is tricking you to think that's what you're really looking for, but you're not. The real you knows, no, there's purpose on the inside of me. And God put it there. It's a divinely implanted sense of purpose. We know that. That's why people are frustrated. Hey, why are people angry and mad and mean to one another? Why do people attack each other on social media? Why do people bully other people? You know why? Because they're frustrated because they don't know their purpose. Come on, are you here tonight? Why does that happen? Why do people bully people? Why do people talk bad about other people? Why do people try to uh, just go off on people on social media? Why do people try to put other people down? Why do people walk around angry and upset and tired and depressed and anxious? Why do they do that? Because they're trying to cover up that frustration they're feeling because they don't know their purpose. But you're made on purpose for purpose. But he said he put a divinely planted sense of purpose in your heart. This is what I, I was thinking about this verse earlier. A divinely implanted sense of purpose. So God planted it in your heart. But just like every seed, it needs to be watered. And it needs to grow. But you have a part to play in that. So God put the seed of purpose on the inside of you. It said he implanted the divinely implanted seed of purpose into your heart. But for that seed to grow up, you need water. You need the rain. You need the sun. You need to take care of it. You need to cultivate it for that purpose to grow. Are you hearing me tonight? So it's not enough. He just put it there. For us to get into our purpose, we have to make it grow. And how many know about a seed? Seeds 
grow. All you got to do is just take care of it. It's not like you got to really do a lot of work. All you got to do is put it out in the sun and put some water on it. It's that easy. And that's what God is saying to you today. You have purpose on the inside of you, but have you been taking care of it? Have you been watering it? Have you been letting the sunshine hit it? And how do we do that? We do it by getting in church. We do it by getting in the Word. We do it by getting in prayer. We do it by getting in worship. We do it about being around the right people. Are you hearing me tonight? That's how you help that purpose that God planted on the inside of you grow. That's how we grow into it. Because he put it there, he planted it in our heart, and it grows when we do something about it. We make it our own priority to grow this purpose that we have. So we're made on purpose for a purpose. So thinking about purpose, purpose begins with relationship. We find our purpose in the context of relationship because we're made for purpose. We find our purpose in relationship. Let me tell you what that means. We find our purpose in the context of relationship. Because God is the creator, that means he made you. And the thing about God is, if he made you, then he's the only one who knows how you function. He's the only one who knows what you're made for. When you create something, the creator is the one who has the right and knows why he created the thing he created. And he's the only one qualified to tell other people why he created it. And God is the creator of all things, but he's most importantly the creator of all of us in here, mankind. That is the prize of his creation. That is the top of his creation. He made all of us in here. For us to find out our purpose, we have to talk to the maker about why we were made. Because he only knows. Your friends don't know. Are you here? Netflix does not know. Doesn't know. Social media doesn't know. Sometimes even your own family, they don't know. Because they didn't make you. Sometimes even your pastors and leaders don't know because they're not God. They can try to help confirm things in your life, but they didn't make you. God made you. So we find our purpose in context of relationships. We want our purpose. It's all about relationships. And the number one purpose you have to have a relationship with God. Now you tell me you brought me all the way out here on May 2018 to tell me something I already know. Yes. The reason you're here, the reason you're sucking oxygen in your lungs right now is because you were made to have a relationship with God. That's the number one purpose you're here for. But that purpose right there is the foundation that all the rest of the things in your life are built on. So if we get that wrong, we get everything else wrong. Because we only find purpose in the of our relationships. And our number one relationship that God has called us to be in that helps us reveal our purpose is the relationship with God himself. Because he made you, he knows you better than him. Because he made you, he knows what you're called to do. Because he made you, he knows your future. He knows your past. He knows the middle of your life. He knows where you should go to college. He knows who you should marry. He knows what you should do with the rest of your life. He knows your purpose. He knows your plan. He knows everything about you because he made you. And you only find that out when you're in relationship with him. 
So purpose comes from relationship and a relationship with God. You are here on purpose for a relationship with God. Do you know if you did nothing else with your life other than have a relationship with God, you succeeded? Are you hearing me today? I don't think you heard me. If you do nothing else with your life other than have a relationship with God, you succeeded. You're a success. And the alternative is true also. If you did everything with your life, if you got the job and you got the girl and you got the money and you got that fame and you got the accolades and you can dance and you're pretty and you can sing and you got the makeup tutorials and you dress good and you look good and you got all that stuff, without a relationship with God, you failed. And you already know that before you get to heaven. You already know that because you're living empty while you're on earth. You failed. That's what the Bible says. You can gain the whole world and lose your soul. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. You were made on purpose for a purpose. And your purpose is to have a relationship with God. In God, we find all the purpose we need. And purpose comes from relationship. It's the foundation that we build our life on. If we miss that, we miss everything. If we miss that, we miss everything. Because everything finds meaning and purpose and makes sense only in context of a relationship with God. Without it, there is no purpose. There is no meaning. That's why in Ecclesiastes, a verse from there is written by Solomon, who had everything. And the whole point of the whole book is, I had everything, and it was meaningless. And it was pointless. It's the most depressing book in the Bible. I don't encourage you to read it if you're depressed. But if you're in a good mood, and you want to ruin your mood, read Ecclesiastes. But the whole book is about Solomon, who was the richest man who ever lived, which was the wisest man that ever lived, that had thousands of girls, had money to do whatever he wanted to do, ate the best food, drank the best wine, was the king. He had everything that you could ever want and more. And the whole point of the book is it's pointless, it's meaningless, it's vanity without God. Just turn to the last page of Ecclesiastes and read it sometime. It says, without God, this whole thing is pointless. The point of it all is to have a relationship with God. All right. Thanks. Thanks. So we find purpose in relationships. First of all, relationship with God. So if we have a relationship with God, all other things come out of that. It's our purpose. That's how we find our purpose, to be in communication with our maker. We find our meaning in God, no one else. We find our purpose in God, no one else. And when we have that right, then we can have other things in our life. Because we realize we're enjoying it knowing this is only a gift from God. This isn't God. Husband and wife, not God. It's a gift from God, but it's not God. It will disappoint you. Children, gift from God, but they're not God. They'll disappoint you. Career, it's a gift from God that you have your gifts and talents. Gift, it's not God. The best food you ever had, the best music you ever listened to, it only makes sense knowing that it's all from God and it's a gift. Apart from God, it has no purpose and meaning other than it just feels good. But God has chosen to give us those things because he says he's richly given us all things to enjoy because he loves us. But they only make sense knowing they're a gift from him. Come on, are you getting anything tonight? 
God made you on a purpose for a purpose. Let's turn over to uh, Colossians. Colossians 1, 16, 17. In the Passion Translation. It says, for through the Son, everything was created both in the heavenly realm and on earth and all that is seen, all that is unseen. Every seat of power, realm of government, principality and authority. But this is the main part. It was all created through him and for his purpose. I'll repeat that one more time. Talking about Jesus, why he created everything. It was all created through him and for his purpose. He existed before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in him. So it says everything was created through him, but everything was created for his purpose. Everything. Not just you. Everything in the universe was created through him and for him and for his purpose. But you tonight are the prize of his creation. And you have a purpose. You're here for a reason. You're on purpose for a purpose. God custom made everyone in here. Custom made. Custom made. Anyone ever had a custom made suit? Uh Uh-uh, nobody. All right. Anyone had a custom-made anything? Raise your hand. Did it fit good? Nope and yep. All right. You're supposed to say yes and make my point instead of saying no. All right, let's try this again. Did it fit good? Okay. It fit good because it was custom-made. It was custom-made. God made you on purpose for a purpose, and he custom-made you. To be here right now on the earth for a reason, for a purpose. Where you live. He gave you the skin color you have for a reason. He gave you your gifts and talents for a reason. He gave you all that on purpose because he custom made you for the time and age you live in. Because he knew that you are the right person in the right place. And the right plan for what God has called you to do right now. Come on, anybody receive that today? You're the right person in the right place in the right plan for what God has called you to do today. And you're custom made. Not an accident. A lot of people feel it, but no, you were custom made. God made you the way you are on purpose. The only thing I would say that God messed up on about me was my height. But other than that, I was custom made. It was just an accident. But everything else was on purpose. God was just getting busy, and he was like, I put so many gifts in him, I'm not going to give him a lot of height. And I was like, forget the gifts. Let me be six foot six. That's what I want to be. I want to be at least as tall as Michael Jordan so I can dunk on somebody. Keep your gifts, God. No, I didn't say that. But you were custom made on purpose for a purpose. You guys get something tonight? So, purpose comes in the context of relationships. So, we see that our first relationship is with God. And when we get that right, all the rest of the things are in order. The foundation is built so you can build something on it now. But God says... For purpose in your life, it's not just about you and him. That's important. But when Jesus was on the cross, now where, okay. I'm going to use you in a second, just not right yet. When Jesus was on the cross, he not only made things between, right between us and God, but the cross is like this. So he made things between God and man right, but the cross goes this way too. He made things right between you and other people. So the two purposes you have in your life is, number one, God, a relationship with him, and the other one is a relationship with others. 
Jesus said in the Gospels that there's two commandments. And if you do those things, you've done it all. And he says, love God, but love other people. And if you do those, you're fulfilling your purpose. And we think that's too simple. Try it. And come answer me. Try it. God said, if you do these two things, you're living out your purpose. But notice he says, love God first. Why? Because it's the foundation. If you got that right, you got everything else right. But he says, I want you to love others also because that's your purpose too. How many believe that tonight? You were made on purpose for a purpose. So your number one purpose is a relationship with God, is to love God. What does it say? With all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But your second purpose is to be in relationship with other people because we need each other and other people need you. And to love your neighbor as yourself, to love others. That's why the cross is not just one straight pole to heaven. It goes to the side because it's about you and God, but it's about you and other people. That's your purpose for being on this earth. That's your purpose. That's why you're here. And everything else flows out of those two things. Love God and love others. The two reasons you're here. The purpose that God's given you. But both are in a relationship. Relationship with God, but relationship with other people. Because... It's awesome that all of you are getting saved and healed and delivered and filled and you're laughing and you're crying and you're rolling around on the floor and you're acting like Pentecostals. But if it does nothing once you leave those doors to anybody else who was in that camp, it was pointless. Because you're not living out your purpose. Because, yes, it starts with God. That's what's happening right here. But it doesn't end with God. It goes to loving others also. It goes to, yeah, I received a lot. But freely you receive, freely give. So that's great that we experience all that. But God says, your purpose is about me, but it's also about others. That's the reason you're here. You're made for purpose and on purpose. You're made to be in relationship with God, but relationship with other people. Now, when I say other people, that can mean a lot of things to you. That can mean a lot of things to you. First of all, I would say we all need each other, especially believers. You need each other to live this life. God said so. He said we need fellow believers who are going the same direction, doing the same thing, excited about church, excited about God. And he said you can't live this Christian life and this life of purpose without each other. Now just look at your neighbors for a second. Look around, look around. These people right here should be your best friends. They should be family. They should be your brothers and sisters. They should be the people you do life with. That should be your family. Hey, so don't be getting on social media and putting my BFF and there's somebody we have never seen before. That's at least 50 of you in here right now. But I like them. They're funny. Watch a Sinbad DVD if you think somebody's funny. These should be your best friends. And you find purpose, yes, with God, but with each other. Because iron sharpens iron. And you can't do this by yourself. And you have some friends that can see things in your life that you can't see. That can help you when you need help. 
that can speak to you when nobody else can speak to you. You need other people in your life, not just the Lord. Because purpose is about you and God, but it's about you and other people. And God gave you each other on purpose. Because he knew, you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it by yourself. God gave you each other. That's why it says don't forsake assembling yourself together. Because you need each other. It says in the New Testament to treat each other like brothers and sisters. The older uh, women like mothers, the older men like fathers. Why? Because it's family. This is family. The people in this room are my family. I have relatives like that live other places, cousins, aunts, aunts, people like that. God bless them, but that ain't my family. It's not. I love you, but you're not the person I'm living life with and doing life with. This is my family. And that's the way you should think about it. This is your family. This is not just I go to church with them, I hang out with them, I see them on Sunday and Wednesday. No, this is family. We live life together. We do life together. And that's when you'll really grow into your purpose. Come on, are you hearing me tonight? Because you're made on purpose for a purpose. But when we say it's about God and it's about others, that's the first step. But others is more than just the people that you like. (laughs) Others... has to do with much more than your church family. Of course, the reason I said it first, because that should be your first priority, is your family, your church family. That's the people you live life with. Of course, your friends. You have other people you know. I'm not saying that. We're not a cult here, so don't get weird and say something I didn't say. Like, I only should talk to people in my church or I'm going to get in trouble. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying they should be the priority in your life. But others... When God's talking about others here in purpose, he's talking about every person who doesn't know him. Loving God, having a relationship with him, but loving others and having a relationship with them. Why? Because you want to see them get into their purpose. Because it's not enough for you as a believer that you got it and you're okay and you're saved and you're happy and you're right and you're you're blessed and you're healed and you pray in tongues. God bless you. But you realize I love others and I have a relationship with others because that's my purpose to bring them into purpose just like I have. Because everyone is here on purpose, for a purpose, but some people don't know. Some people don't know. And a lot of Christians think, well, God will tell them. God's going to tell them. God will tell them. You know how God's going to tell them? How's God going to tell them? Anybody know? It says in the New Testament that he is the head and we are the body. That means nothing gets done without us. He gives us the power to do it, but we're the ones that are. How does God heal people? Through us. How does God deliver people? Through us. How does God save people? Through us. That's his decision, not ours. He made it that way. How do you see lost people come into a relationship and find us? He does it through us. He reaches them through us. He heals through us. He delivers through us. He helps people through us. That's how God is changing the world. He's changing it through his body, the church. So stop praying for things that you're the answer to. Don't we do that? We do that all the time because we don't want to do it. We say, God, it sounds so sincere. God, I just pray that you would send revival into my school, that you would heal people, set people free, you would deliver people. God, you would do it. And God says, that's why I sent you there. Hold on. That's why I sent you there on purpose for a reason, because I want those things, but I'm going to do them through you. 
I was just thinking about this, and I don't want to embarrass you, but Kara Lowry in the back. She's a first-time camp leader. Come on, let's give it up for her. But Kara Lowry is nurse of the year. Now, there's a reason I'm bringing this up. Because of those of you who are maybe not in school right now, but you're at a workplace, you have a career. And I know she's done this. That's why she's the nurse of the year. She's at Cosairs, a children's hospital. And you could pray every day, God, I pray that you would send people here to help heal these kids. God, I pray that you would send people here to talk to these parents and give them peace and give them joy and pray for them. Help them out because they're struggling because their kids are in the hospital. Kara could pray that every day. But you know what? God said, I want to do that. That's why you're there. Come on, are you hearing me today? That's why you're there. Because I want to heal people through you, Kara. I want to deliver people through you, Kara. I want you to speak a word in season to a parent who's upset and give them peace because you're there. And so, yes, pray about it, but you're the answer to the prayers that you've been praying. Come on now, somebody, I'm feeling this. And that's just one example. Where do you work? Where do you go to school? Where do you live your life? It's on purpose. And stop praying for things that God has called you to do. Because he's going to look back at you and say, yes, that's why you're there. To be there on purpose, for a purpose. You guys receiving this tonight. Last but not least, talking about other people. God wants us to love other people, help other people, because they need to know their purpose just like you. And you're fulfilling your purpose when you're doing that for other people. That's you fulfilling your purpose. Your number one purpose is God, but your number two purpose is helping other people find their purpose. Did you get that? I can't say it three times quick. That's the reason you're here. Think about this. A lot of you are Christians and you came to camp. That's awesome. But we're trying to have camps that people that aren't Christians come to. Because you already got it. Uh, Oh, hold on. Don't talk to me that way. (laughs) It's for you, but it's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. We need to start having camps that there's 50 people getting saved the first night. 100 people getting saved the first night. 200 people getting saved the first night. Because we're not just teaching church kids how to do what they've already been taught to do. And just pump them up and give them a Holy Ghost Red Bull so they can go back and live the same way two weeks from now. Listen, I've been going to camp for 20 years, 11 to 31. I've seen it. 20 years. I've done it myself. Last night, you're at the altar. I'll never him again. I'm going to tell my whole school. Two weeks later, you forgot everything that you were taught at summer camp. You got Drake back on your playlist. Got a new album. You got to listen to it, though. You got your old friends back on Snapchat. You just forgot everything that you learned. But when he says your purpose is others, it's not just about us. It's about a relationship with him. It's about a relationship with other people that need God. Not that we don't need God because we got God, because we always need more of God but people that don't know anything. That's why I told the leaders ahead of time, there's going to be people that come here that don't act well-behaved. There's going to be people that come here that don't talk with good language. There's going to be people that come here and they might say something inappropriate. Don't freak out. Ah! 
How do lost people without purpose talk? How do lost people without purpose act? How do lost people that don't have any purpose, how do they respond when they're at church, when they've never been at church a day in their life? But that's who it's for. And we don't freak out in the Christian bubble way too long. Because you know why? Let me just call it out here. You guys always want me to get honorary when I'm preaching. I try not to be. The simple that tell on other people that are doing things, hear ten times worse at school every day and enter into the conversations. But when you're at church camp, you're trying to act like you're an angel, but you hear a lot worse at school and don't tell on anybody. And we freak out like, oh my gosh, they should never hear this. No, all these kids in here hear all sorts of junk all the time at school. Just living life on social media, you see and hear things you shouldn't. Now you hear my heart here, we're not going to let something that's harmful go on. But we don't need to freak out when God's trying to people that need to be reached. Why? Because that's our purpose. What are we doing if we're not doing that? We're not living out our purpose, are we? Could you come up and play the keyboard for me? I'm about to close. Come on, he's anointed, isn't he? He blessed us last night. So you're here on purpose for a purpose. I want to say lastly, we talked about your purpose is in relationship with God, but it's in relationship with other people. Love God, love other people. That's your two purposes in life. If you do those two things, you will succeed. And you will have a fulfilling life, a full life, a satisfying life, the life that you're looking for in other things because you're living out your purpose. You're living out your relationship with God, but you're living out a relationship loving other people who need to know their purpose. So that's your purpose. Last but not least, I'm just going to quote this, but in Esther 4.14, it talks about Esther. She was a queen. And she was put in a position on purpose. It wasn't an accident. She didn't just win the bachelorette. It was on purpose. Do you know your IQ will drop at least 300 points if you watch Bachelorette? I just want to share that with you just for fun. Just for fun. But she didn't just win Bachelorette. God put her in a position as a queen on purpose. Wasn't an accident. God put you where you're, you are right now on purpose. It wasn't an accident. Come on, do you feel this like I feel this on the inside of me? It wasn't an accident. And that's because there was a, a man of God in her life because she was a Jewish girl and they were going to kill all the Jewish people. And he spoke up to her and he said, Esther, if you don't do it, God will raise somebody else up. But God wants to use you, Esther. And then he said, I think that God made you for this time, for this season, on purpose, for purpose. And he goes on and says, because you came to the kingdom for such a time as this. I know that sounds like such a youth camp scripture. But it's true. And you know why that doesn't hold? Because every generation that happens is born for such a time as this. Is made for such a time as this. There's a reason people lived 100 years ago because God knew you were made for this time. There's a reason that people lived 500 years ago, thousands of years ago, because God said, this is your time. You're made on a purpose for a purpose. But God says to Esther, through this man of God, Esther, it's not an accident. 
You came to the kingdom for this time for a reason. You're in this school for a reason. You're in this city for a reason. You have these gifts and callings on your life for this reason. And you came to the kingdom for such a time as this. Come on, anybody believe that about yourself? That God sent you here to summer camp for such a time as this? That you're alive for such a time as this? That you're here on purpose, for a purpose, for such a time as this? It's not an accident. It's not an accident. And it's not a preacher scripture. It's not a youth camp scripture. It's a God scripture. You came here on purpose for a purpose. On purpose for a purpose. Thank you. I like that. You're doing good. Can we all just stand up for a moment here? Can we get these lights down? Thank you, Jesus. Let's just lift up our hands for a second. Come on, can we just talk to God for a moment? Father, we love you. We thank you that we're here on purpose, for purpose, for such a time as this. God sent you to this earth for a reason. You came to the kingdom for this time for a reason. On purpose, for a purpose. God wants to fulfill your purpose. Thank you, Father. We're going to have some ministry time, and I appreciate you keep, can keep playing. But let me ask this uh, today. I want to do something a little different. And not that I'm going to not pray for people.